Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo! <laughs> Power and science. New Zealand charm. <laughs> New Zealand charm. <laughs> and I should know because I know everything about New Zealand now. <laughs> well, speaking of everything about New Zealand, <laughs> we're doing Housebound. Housebound. I'm excited. This movie is wild. And also, is this our first comedy, like, on purpose? <laughs> um, uh, well, we did an American Werewolf in London, but I don't think either of us knew in advance that right. it was actually going to be funny or that right. it was intended to be funny. Because this one's, like, extra funny. This one's, <sighs> like, literally laugh out loud funny I love me. this. Okay, so we're doing Housebound. It is a New Zealand horror film. Mm-hmm. It is so great. Um, are you ready for facts already? Oh, my God, I'm so ready. Okay. We said ready a lot just now. Are you ready ready for facts already? I'm ready. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) All right. So it was made in 2014, Mm -hmm. uh, directed and written by Gerard Johnston. Um, He's done like a a few things, mostly shorts, I believe. Uh, But we have, I can't read my own handwriting. I hope this is Terry Teo. I don't even know. Uh, And the Jackie Brown Diaries. And also the New Legends of Monkey. I don't know what that means. Nor I. Nor I. It's a Netflix show. According to, it looks like something that like we might not have on like American net, like or U.S. streaming. I I don't know because I've never seen it. Maybe, but those are the ones I found um, that he wrote and directed. Like some of them are things that he wrote, a few are things that he directed, but all of those are things he did. Uh, Cinematography was Simon Riera, and um, he does mostly horror shorts. Like if you go down the list, it is all horror shorts, like a lot of them. And then two other things that were a little out of place, and I loved them. A lot of uh, Power Rangers TV series. A documentary about the final season of Xena Warrior Princess. Uh, one year of Xena Warrior Princess from okay. 2000, 2001. And then my favorite, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Blues, Clues, and You. <laughs> okay, I love this person. So that was the cinematographer. Uh, you can really see it in Blues, Clues, I think. I think it really mimics. Yeah, you can really. I, You know, when I was watching this, I thought Dead Ringer for Blues Dead Clues. Dead Ringer for Blues Clues. Yeah. I'm glad that it was. Yeah. I'm glad that we were right. It just sang to us. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and then the music was by uh, Mahoya R- Bridgman Cooper. Okay. Um, I th- lots of stuff, like a ton of stuff. He he did so many, but they were all mostly like horror things. Mm-hmm. And um, it looks like they are consistently still working because everything from was from 2021, 2022 and on. And like, you know, but a few of them was Shadow in the Cloud, which is that new one that like just came out with glowy glowy chloe grace moretz uh aliens and i don't know weird uh beyond blue the creamery <laughs> i don't know what that is about but i was excited uh vegas and um i think that was all i wrote down but a few more obviously like he works quite a bit uh and then my few facts unfortunately because i couldn't find a lot on like production and how it was made the only thing i could find is that the budget was a little tight because mm. they had trouble finding a house that would fit the exterior yeah. of what they wanted and the one that they did find needed so many renovations. Oh, no. They were like, we can't fix this. <laughs> so apparently that was just something they struggled with. Um, but Johnstone, the director and writer, 
was inspired by Ghost Hunters, not Ghost Adventures. I made sure to check. And I was like, Ghost Adventures? Close. Ghost Hunters. And The Changeling uh, and The Legend of Hell House. Those are the three things that he said like he pulled from to kind of make this film. Uh, And so I thought that was interesting, especially Ghost Hunters. Because like... It had that like I heard a knock, and it, like yeah. the one guy in the movie was great, where he would Amos. just Amos. He was amazing when he would just be like, "Shh, everybody!" <laughs> like it had a lot of it had good Ghost Hunters feel. Um, and also, uh, Kylie was supposed to be someone that wouldn't scare easy, so she was written to be like very, "I'm not gonna scare," like I'm not afraid. So that way, when she was, it was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, and in 2015, there were talks of an American remake. I saw that. It apparently has not happened, and I don't know if it will. I saw no more information other than American Remake, and um, the director and writer of this one was supposed to make it. Oh. Which, I don't know why at that point. It's like, sir, you already made a great movie. Yeah. What's the difference between adding American actors? I just didn't understand. But hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I don't want it to. <laughs> I don't want it to. I don't understand why we need an American Remake of things, but whatever. I saw no more info. Hopefully it stays that way. God. Oh, God. A summary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, before I give my summary, I just want to say that this movie had an alarmingly similar start to it. Uh, Same as the movie Stick It. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know why, but I was like, I had just watched Stick It like a month ago, and I was watching this, and I was like, "Uh uh-huh, girl gets caught in a crime, has to go somewhere she doesn't want to go. Has to go back to an old thing that she escaped from. Classic Stick It story. Exactly, yes. So I love stick it. <laughs> so I saw that and I was like, so stick it with ghosts. Yeah. That's not my summary though. Oh, um could be. It could be. Mm-hmm. Um a sweet girl <laughs> commits a crime <laughs> and has to live back, move in with her mother. Mm-hmm. But perhaps there is a ghost. But is it a ghost? What is it a ghost? <laughs> I'm going wow wow with my glasses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my official summary. Okay, that's damn good. Pretty summary. good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Rotten Tomato says. Yes. A would-be thief. Well, she is a thief. <laughs> I was like, yeah, she is a thief. She is a thief. Uh, is remanded to the custody of her estranged mother, who turns out to be correct in her assertion that evil spirits are afoot in their family domicile. Kind of. Kind of. I feel like they're giving a lot away there by saying correct in their assumption. Because I'm like, well, yeah. are they? <laughs> they're like really trying to lean into perpetuating Ghost. the twist. Yeah. And I'm like, eh, you could have been more big. Yeah, which I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. There oh. is a twist. This is spoilers on. Spoilers on. So just in case you were like, I don't want to ruin the twist for myself, don't, then don't listen to this yet. Yeah. But listen after. Yes. Uh, but yeah, there is a twist in this one. Yeah. Which we're going to talk about from here on out. Yes. So sorry <laughs> uh oh god i've been thinking about what you were gonna do for nerd corner and also i just want to say that kate <laughs> told me kate was like yeah i only had one thing written down when i first started watching this movie about what i could do for nerd corner and it was just new zealand question mark <laughs> like all of new zealand's history <laughs> i don't know if you stuck with that um not damn <laughs> all right oh you know what about halfway into my research, I was yeah. like, maybe I'm going to have to cover New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> so I have no idea what you covered, because all I had in my head was New Zealand. New Zealand. <laughs> but I'm excited. No, I, I don't think I actually mentioned New Zealand. Oh, wow. I know. Okay. So right. a huge turn from where a I huge last turn. Was. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to spend Nerd Corner talking about New Zealand, mm-hmm. but also I'm not going to talk about what I think Housebound is trying to say politically or socially, because 
that's very clearly not the purpose of this film. No. It's not about, like, investigating, like, a specific societal event right. or anything. And while there are moments in the film that are pointing out the casual racism of Kylie's mom mm-hmm. and ableism and things like that, the whole movie doesn't feel like a lesson about that. Right. So the meaning, quote unquote, of this movie is not my focus. Instead, I want to look at the subgenre that this belongs to. <gasps> Horror comedy. Yeah! yeah! We discussed it a bit with An American Werewolf in London, mm-hmm. Get Out, Cabin in the Woods, and more. Mm-hmm. But I want to take a deeper dive into the psychology and history of blending gore and giggles. Yay! Yeah. Well, gore and g- a gliggle, if you will. <laughs> A gorgle. A gorgle. Yeah, where'd I get the L? I don't know. He just like brought it in earlier to the party. He was like, I I'm here. It. Come on in, L. <laughs> Make it a glorgle. That was stupid. Everyone loves a glorgle. Everyone loves a glorgle. <laughs> it sounds like we both had a stroke. <laughs> Woo. Okay. I put flunky little lesbianine in a chat and someone's like, did Kay have a stroke? I was like, no, that's just what we say. No, that's just what we say. You don't understand. <laughs> All right. So to get to the Glorgle, yes, we do have to start further back. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a bit of a what are frogs moment. Good. What is genre? What is genre? <laughs> what are frogs? What are genre? What are genre? Uh, so Studio Binder has definition. Mm-hmm. Movie genres are stylistic categories where a particular movie can be placed based on the setting, characters, plot, mood, tone, and theme. Mm-hmm. A film's main genre category will be based on where the majority of the content lands. A subgenre is a smaller category that fits inside a particular genre. Often this is a mixture of two separate genres. Genres and subgenres change over time and are formed by one another. Beautiful. Horror is a genre. Right. But as we know very well, there are many types of horror. So for that, we have subgenres. <laughs> this is where we started to get into um, disagreements among friends. <laughs> a fight. <laughs> yeah. So I knew it was folly, but I wanted to get a basic list of horror subgenres yeah. in order to find like a good entry point for the rest of my research. Right. And folks agree on how to define a subgenre, but not how to categorize them within horror. Yeah. So the horror genre itself uh, is, quote, uh, a genre of film and television whose purpose is to create feelings of fear, dread, disgust, and terror in the audience. The primary goal is to develop an atmosphere that puts the audience on edge and scares them. Perfect. So that's the umbrella. Yeah. And then the bits under the umbrella are the subgenres. I'm like, the rain isn't under the umbrella. I was trying to think of like anything that under an umbrella visual. The person not getting wet under the umbrella. Uh-huh. All the people, the many All people that the are people not under getting the, wet under this umbrella. <laughs> the dry people the dry are the people. subgenre. <laughs> the very how clear. We I don't it, know yes. who's not following this. Uh, so subgenres contain the main points of the genre, but mm-hmm. have like specific through lines that set them apart from other dry people under the umbrella. Mm-hmm. Each dry person is unique. <laughs> so I just took a drink of my <laughs> so hot toddy. I had already spilled some and then Kate said that. And I was like, well, it's gone. This question's ruined. I saw you questioning. I dribbled. <laughs> yes, I, I saw I was questioning whether you were going to make fun of me for one. I was like, I spilled. She saw. And then I was like, I'll just let her keep going. And then you said that. And I dribbled again. So go ahead. Get your laughs. Get your gorgles out, you bitch. I'm thinking gorgles. <laughs> no! It's off the rails. <laughs> Talk about the dry people. <laughs> so the dry people have their own subject matter, yes. style, formulas, and iconography yeah. that connects them as dry mm-hmm. people. So if you want to follow the basic chart laid out by No Film School, there are four major subgenres of horror. Psychological killer, monster, and paranormal. And they say everything else falls beneath that and like branches okay. out into different sub-sub categories. 
So obviously there's like overlap between these. Like home invasion films are often draw upon both psychological and killer subgenre elements. Mm -hmm. And in this version, gore and generally disturbing films would fall under psychological. So like human centipede. Saw. Well, Saw could also go. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that one because I don't know much about it. Uh, my biggest critique of this method of organizing is that comedy isn't a distinct category. It mm-hmm. can be just blended into any of these. Right. And so I wasn't totally sure how to navigate that. So I kept looking for more definitions. Uh, if we want to follow the advice of that masterclass article I found, there are eight subgenres Ooh. in horror. Psychological, slasher, gore, body, horror, found footage, monster horror, paranormal horror, and comedy horror. Oh, okay. My issue with this list is that there are folks that say found footage isn't a subgenre, it's a style. I, I would kind of agree with that. Yeah. And I found a list that had 10 subgenres mm-hmm. that had a lot of overlap with the previous one, but it did separate out monsters more specifically into like vampire, zombie, ghosts, whatever. Right. And then there's another list that shows major genres and then a column of subgenres and hybrids. Oh. So at that point, I started questioning whether horror comedy is a subgenre or a hybrid or oh, if these no. are mutually exclusive at all. <laughs> it's so many. There's too many people under this goddamn umbrella. Yes. Ooh, it's getting crowded. <laughs> I'm sorry, you'll have to get wet. Get wet. <laughs> get wet, get wet, baby. <laughs> get wet, fucker. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> oh, God. So it happened again where I wanted a solid answer and that yeah. just wasn't a realistic no. expectation. <laughs> So really what I learned from this digression is that you can call something a subgenre if you fucking want, and someone else will probably disagree with you, but that's okay. Yeah. So that's the lesson there. Okay. So a summary up to this point, we know that horror is a genre of film. Both of the definitions, or the definition earlier, made a point to say the intention of horror is to create feelings of disgust and fear in the audience. And then I found an article in the Journal of Aesthetics and Art Criticism that went deep into the differences Ooh. between feelings and emotion as oh it applies God. to fear and disgust. Yeah. The author lays out theories of horror and then theories of humor in order to examine how they work together. Love that. The author also has investments in theories that I'm just not interested in. <laughs> so I'm not going to summarize all of their work here. Right. Uh, but they do bring up a few interesting theories of humor. Mm-hmm. So the horror element, they really talk about like there has to be an object or subject inspiring the fear it has to be directed like emotions must be directed you don't just experience the emotion of love it has to be love of something yeah so they spend a while talking about that and then they say that um with humor they kind of map out a few different cognitive that's not even cognitive theories anyway they ask what makes something funny yeah well if you ask thomas hobbes he'd say that superiority begets humor we either laugh because of some victory that proves we're rad as hell or we laugh because we see someone that sucks and it reminds us why we're better Unsurprisingly, I don't much care for yeah, this theory like, of humor. I don't like this. I don't like it. <laughs> no, he can get wet. <laughs> Push him out. <laughs> he can get wet. <laughs> uh, we could instead look at Francis Hutcheson, who says it's really incongruity. So we put two unlike items, people, or ideas next to each other, and the interaction between them is amusing because of the absurdity of that reality. Yeah, it's like when you do any kind of comedy, you have the, the wild person and mm-hmm. the straight man. Yep. Like, that's the whole point. Like, it doesn't always have to work that way, but usually there's a straight man who is like, what? This is wild. Like, yep. Uh, you, I, I'm smiling because you're hitting on, like, exactly the things oh, yeah? we talked about. Oh, yeah. No, you're just like, I just it. know because when we did improv, I yeah. was always the, the straight man, which is ironic because I'm a gay woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, no, it's funny because I, while I was reading this, I was like, Nikki's going to know about humor. <laughs> oh, me? I know about comedy. I tipped my little cat for you. Partner. <laughs> Partner. <laughs> Milady. <laughs> Milady. 
my partner. <laughs> What's wrong with me? My partner. <laughs> I need to be in a relationship now. <laughs> so I can start going, that's my partner. <laughs> I'm miserable <laughs> until I get to say this. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the idea of incongruity creating humor it can be very broad, but the author pulls up the image of a clown as a figure that can be humorous, monstrous, or both. Mm -hmm. And if we start with something humorous, we need to add something loathsome or fearsome to it. Mm -hmm. If we start with something we naturally have a fear of, we need to subtract qualities until it becomes laughable. So a clown can be said to be amusing because of its honkable nose, bright and unruly hair, oversized shoes, etc. Huh? <laughs> you do such a good honk, and it's the lift at the end that really sells it for me. Huh? Yes, it's so good. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> To make this clown with a honkable nose fearsome, mm -hmm. we give it razor-sharp teeth and bloodlust. Mm -hmm. To make it funny again, we can make it trip over the aforementioned oversized shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that got me already. <laughs> You're doing such a good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm a master of comedy. Oh, God. This just reminds me, not to interrupt, yeah. there is a horror game that was going around for a while called mm -hmm. The Trip. <gasps> and I was like, oh, this looks great. And I watched a playthrough. Mm -hmm. So it starts out in this like hallway and like some lights flicker on and you're, and it's a POV. Like you're looking down this long hotel hallway and all of a sudden the lights come on one by one. And at mm -hmm. the end, there's this murderer standing with a knife and they just start running towards you. And then they just go, boom, and they fall. And the game just goes to the end. <laughs> and it goes, the trip. I love that so much. I watched that a million times and could not stop laughing. Now that. Horror comedy. <laughs> Gorgeous. I love this. So yeah, that reminded me of that. Kind of. Okay. So how do we take this clown that we made scary, then we made funny? Mm -hmm. How do we blend that and oscillate between funny and scary? Yeah. Where it stays scary even when it's funny and then the opposite. Mm -hmm. Like how do you not just kind of like switch it off and it's no longer the other? Right. So how do you inject humor while maintaining that fearsome quality? Well, a video essay laid out three primary ways that directors combine humor and horror. Mm -hmm. The first would be plopping funny people into a scary setting. Right. The prime example of this is Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, mm -hmm. which I've never seen, but people really like talk about as one of the first right. horror comedies. Not like the first, but like... But it's, yeah, yeah. it's one that people use as an example yeah. consistently. <laughs> yes. So we have two clownish comics in the middle of a horror film. The horror elements are generally played straight, but there are also funny characters and situations that occur along the way. Other examples given by the author are An American Werewolf in London yeah. and Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Okay. Definitely. Another approach is metatextual, which mm -hmm. we covered in Scream and Cabin in the Woods. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The horror in these, or the humor in these films comes from the recognition and then subversion of genre tropes. Right. So typically there will be a balance of scenes. Something scary will happen, then something funny will happen. Mm -hmm. Like in Cabin in the Woods, there's this horrific scene of being beaten on a dock by a zombie and then a scene where the harbinger is unknowingly on speakerphone still. Right. The last approach is favored by Sam Raimi. <laughs> the, the horrific moments are the funny moments. So the plot isn't funny. The characters aren't funny. Right. But in Raimi's films, the comedy comes from the execution of the scenes. Yeah. So the video essay creator points out that the scares and jokes have similar, or that scares and jokes in general have similar constructions. You have the mm -hmm. setup of the joke and then the punchline. Right. In horror, you have the suspense, then the scare. In both, there's this manufactured tension and then release. Mm -hmm. So in films like The Evil Dead 2... The setup is still there for the horror scenes, but the camera angles, movement, sound, lighting, special effects, the exaggerations of everything ensure mm -hmm. it will be comedic despite the subject matter. Right. The tone is so over the top and heightened that it turns horror into comedy. Mm -hmm. So if we want to look at things that horror and comedy have in common, mm -hmm. they, quote, both rely heavily on timing to produce the best results. Without those few seconds of tension to build anticipation, both the scare and the laugh fall flat. 
On an emotional and psychological level, the two genres are vastly different, but on the physiological level, they have so much in common. So when these two genres are combined, what results can be a strangely satisfying experience that plays upon two opposing parts of our subconsciousness while gratifying both at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we have three different main ways that people craft them together or like right. blend humor and comedy. In the case of Housebound, I think one of its biggest strengths is intertextuality and metatextual like okay. nature of it. Yeah. So it spends the first half of the movie setting up all those haunted house tropes. Right. Like one after another. And I'll actually get to those when we talk about tropes. Right. <laughs> but basically, it, it knows what we expect from a supernatural film. And it creates tension from those expectations. Mm-hmm. And when those expectations are subverted, we get scares and laughs. Right. It also definitely has those Sam Raimi moments where she has the reaction that you want and you cheer her on and then it gets elevated past the point of catharsis. Like, Kylie doesn't do things that we all at the final goal for doing. She doesn't scream. She doesn't hide under the covers. She punches the fucking teddy bear. But then it escalates and you're like, Kylie, what are you doing to that bear? And she gives us this immediate satisfaction of like, yes, that's what you should do. And then wait, what are you doing? (laughs) I love it. And like the simultaneous plausibility and implausibility of all of that just brings Mm -hmm. me so much joy. Like it starts off by saying like, listen, we know you always want to yell at the family to leave the house whenever you watch Amityville Harbor. Right. Here's a totally justified reason why Kylie can't just leave. Which is great. And then it keeps doing that. Yeah. And if there's anything that I learned in my research, aside from subgenres, is that it's really difficult to nail that balance between comedy and like It is really hard. Anyone can try, but not everyone can find that sweet spot or yeah. juggle the tone changes. But this movie does. Like, yes. They build the tension with beautifully utilized horror tropes and then release it either with a scare, as one expects, or a laugh, which creates this delightfully confusing moment where you're laughing because it's funny, but also because you're surprised. Yeah. Like, she tries to stab him with a knife and he has a toy xylophone, and you hear the like, ding, ding, ding. It's just, yeah, there's so many good things. I think they did a good job of doing a lot of the things that you said, because, like, they are funny people yeah. already. Mm-hmm. The mom... Her dry, like, way that she, like, says every line, mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. And Amos, when Amos is, he's in the basement, they're basically, like, Kylie is trying to shame her mother into saying, like, don't say ghost, don't say ghost. And her right. mother's like, I think there are oh, ghosts. I think there's ghosts. And he, like, turns around very seriously. And you think he's about to be like, fuck this. I I'm can't not believe you said this. Yeah. He pulls out a tape recorder. And then he says, to the spirits inhabiting yeah. the house. <laughs> like... There are so many great moments where the people themselves are what makes it funny. Yeah. But then, like you said, there's also the moments where they're just subverting things. Mm-hmm. And it's not the people. It's the situation. So they used, like, all of these things that you've said and did it so good. And every time there's spurting blood, it's a different texture and always. color. And it's always excessive. Yes. And that's a and very, it's like, not, rainy thing. Yeah, it's not super often either. So it doesn't become this overused yeah. thing. But when it does happen, you're like, come on. I love this. Like, it's so good. Oh, it's great. So because the setup and the payoff are just done so well, it feels refreshing to watch. Yeah. And that's not something you can say about a ton of horror films. No. Like, I love horror. We know this. Yes. But I wouldn't call it refreshing or relaxing, personally. (laughs) But this one is just, like, a fun romp. Yeah. With some good scares. It's got good scares. It's also very funny. But what they also do is, like, they make you feel for some of the characters. Yeah. In a very interesting way. I don't know. It has heart, I guess, which is unusual. Because, like... There are some moments where I genuinely was like, I really feel for these people yeah. now. And like, I want them to succeed. And there's that moment of, in a few parts where you're genuinely like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> like, But then it's funny again, or then it's scary again, or whatever. And yeah, they don't do anything for too long and they mm-hmm. don't do anything not enough. It's yeah. a good balance. That was <sighs> one of the things that one of the articles I read said was that horror comedies can give you well-rounded characters when it's done well. Mm-hmm. Because not everyone exists, well... 
anxiety people understand, but uh, most people don't exist in a perpetual state of dread, fear, and just like <laughs> running and screaming. Right. Uh, anxiety bitches know that they do, but they do. Um, <laughs> I am I am anxiety bitches. Same. Uh, but. When you have that, like, space for humor and that, like, down period, I guess, where you're not, like, escalated, right. it gives you character development moments. Yes. And so when they're in the attic with Eugene. Yes. And, like, they're, they just escaped, like, someone wielding a saw. Yeah. And, like, they are running for their lives. They're trying to figure out how to get out. There's nowhere for them to go. But they're still having this character development moment with Eugene that ends up being very funny and very heartfelt. It's very heartfelt. And yeah. also, like, none of them are not themselves. Like, the mother is still doing what the mother is going to do. And at some parts, it is funny. Yeah. But then other times, you can see that she's genuinely just trying so hard. And with Kylie, she's also just, I'm angry, I'm mad. And then realizing, maybe you can't do that. That's not going to work with this person. It's just so much character development in such yeah. a short amount of time, but it's great. Yeah. Like, it's so good. <sighs> it very good. <laughs> I think that this is a very good horror comedy. Yes, I have to sneeze. Yeah. Bless you. It passed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was just so... It passed. Somebody did that to me today. Someone took away my sneeze. I was no. fucking furious. You know I love to sneeze. Yeah. And I, I was like, I have to sneeze? And they went, no! And I was like, okay. Goddamn. It's gone now. But yeah, so to me, the balance of like horror and comedy is something that I love to like celebrate mm-hmm. over the decades of seeing like horror comedies in the way that you can do it differently. It's a different type of comedy. And in this one, like I've seen it three times now. Yeah. And I forgot how funny it was. Definitely. I forgot how funny it was. I forgot how scary it is at some parts too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I knew the twist, but I also forgot bits and pieces of it. Mm -hmm. So it's like I knew the big twist, but I didn't know what led up to it. I didn't know what was going to happen. So I was still like, what? Like, (laughs) it was, oh, it's so good. All I remembered going into it this time was that one, spoiler, it's not paranormal. Right. And then two, Dennis at one point has a knife behind someone and they turn around and he's holding a knife out and they're like, oh, let me try that. That, that, I cannot wait to talk about this. That's one of my favorite scenes. The other one is the hamper scene. I love the hamper. (laughs) Okay. So good. That's nerd corner. That's nerd corner? Yes. Uh, Very good nerd corner. That's the history of New Zealand. That (laughs) that is the history of New Zealand. Horror comedies. That's what they're known for. (laughs) But we haven't had a good discussion of horror comedies, I feel like, yet. We've just had a few that were kind of funny yeah this one what a good what a good one to do that nerd corner on because it's so good okay i'm excited to talk about horror yes because i love it <laughs> we i know we've already just like talked about how great yeah. it is but we're gonna keep going i'll get to my notes i have a few okay i mostly was just trying to watch it because you know me can't mm-hmm. do two things at once um but i uh I think, okay, hold on. I'll just start with what I loved about it specifically and get into notes later. But I, what I love specifically is the sound design Ooh. because it is so incredible. I watched it with headphones. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact, they're doing construction on my roof. So it mm-hmm. is like incredibly loud. So I had to watch it on my laptop with headphones, which highly recommend actually. Mm. I don't know. Like I can't say specifically that every movie is probably better with headphones, but I can say that this one in particular mm-hmm. was so good because... There's so many moments where like Kylie is sitting at home and you'll just hear ah, ooh, like little laughs from the walls and it will come out of like different oh. headphones as he's moving through the house. And that was amazing. Yeah. So like at one point she's watching TV and you can hear the TV in both headphones and then you'll hear like a little giggle in like your ear over here. Oh, shit. And then you would hear like 
like little footsteps and then you'd hear the giggle over here and I was like this is incredible. That's amazing. <laughs> it, it was really good. So sound design, even without the headphones is great, just because those little moments are what give you the like, holy shit, what's happening? But listening to it with that made me feel like I was there. It was wild. Um, but the sound design is so incredible at the humor aspects of this, because there are parts where this has great music. It's very dramatic and like building like a normal horror film will be. <laughs> but then anytime somebody goes to do something kind of funny, or you're focusing on a character who's just kind of like, yeah, I don't believe this. All the music just stops. Yep. It is incredible. <laughs> there is a part where they're like, it's ghosts, something is happening. Oh my, and the music's building and then it cuts to three people and they're all like, no, I don't think so. Like, yep. <laughs> they're all just like, no. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes <sighs> in this entire, every scene is my favorite scene. Right. When the lights are off, mm -hmm. when the power goes out, and you don't see anything because the this power is, is out. incredible. Do you want to? No, go for it. it. <laughs> you I'm do like, it. Uh. It's so good because there are a few moments in this where it's like not about what's on the screen; it's about what you're listening to. Yeah. And so typically the scenes are when there's a recording or like sound coming out of a device. Mm -hmm. So like when they're when she's listening to the radio, it's like right. a close up of the radio from a strange angle. Yeah. When you're listening to the playback of the tape recorder, yes, it's close up on the tape recorder, and so it's more about like listening than yeah. viewing. And so there's this scene where uh, Dennis, the psychiatrist, mm -hmm. uh, is Amos there? I don't believe he is there. It's I someone, believe it's the mother. Okay, it's the mother, Dennis, and someone else. Oh, the cop, right? No, I think it, it's either, I think it's her lawyer. Oh, yeah. you're right, okay. you're right. Her lawyer, Dennis, the mom, and her. Yes. And she wants to get sent to a facility. She wants to leave the house because she's like... And she's left at this point, the room. Like Kylie yes. has, right? Well, she is about to leave the room. So okay. I'm getting a little more lead up. Gotcha, gotcha, So gotcha. she's like, I need to leave. And they're like, well, we can't take you out of this house unless you're a danger to yourself or others. And she's like, I hate this. And she knocks the tread of her mom's right. head. She like messes up this laundry thing and then she storms out of the room. Yes. And everyone's like, okay, that's kind of weird. Like, and sure. then the lights go off. And so Kylie's mom, Miriam, is like, oh, fuck this again. This has been happening. And so pitch black. You can't see anything. Nothing. And then you hear, you hear click a light switch and she's like, ah, oh, darn it. And they're like, wait, what's wrong? And she's like, I don't know why I did that. Like, you know, I, the lights are off. That's why I came here. But I still have to turn. And it's just like this moment where it's what everyone fucking does when their yes. power goes out. They try and turn on a light switch. And you're switch. like, <sighs> And it's like this moment where... It's dark. It's supposed to be very scary. But then there's just like this very dry humor of, oh, I did it again. Oh, <laughs> that, oh, okay. Is that the way you were talking about for that part? That's my, well, then my scariest moment is after that. Okay. But well, I'm not going to get into that I won't that right describe now. it as a scariest moment. I'll just describe it as oh, no, the sound design part. Please. This is one of the moments I'm talking about with the sound design is because like the music's kind of building as she's like, you know, in between her flipping the switches. And then when she hits a switch, you'll hear the music stop and she'll go, was that it? No? Okay, one more. Music will start to build again, and she'll go to hit a switch, and she'll go, is that not again, huh? She finally hits the switch. Music has stopped. There is this person standing behind uh, Dennis, and no music, and you just hear him go, oh, that was it, actually. <laughs> and, it, and it just cuts back to darkness, because she has hit the switch again, and you don't know where this person went. So, like, one, it's scary. This person has just appeared, but the the... The monotonous way, they're just like, yep, that was it, actually. Like, oh, no, go back yep, one, go, go back, back one. one. 
It is this. It is just this mundane conversation happening with no sound. But then the minute they go back to pure blackness and she's hitting switches, the music is back. Mm-hmm. Like it's like the movie knows. Okay, this part's scary, but watch these people live their mundane lives in mm-hmm. between, and it's so funny and so well made. Cause like. <laughs> You could have kept the music and yeah. it would have changed that scene completely. Yeah. Because it would have made you still feel tense. But they take it out mm-hmm. to be like, not right now. <laughs> and it's funny. <laughs> it makes that scene funny and yeah. scary. And it's incredible. And it happens again with Amos when he has the knife. The music is building. Music is building. Dennis is behind him with a knife. And he goes to like stab him. And then Amos goes, I need something pointy. At this point, music stops. And he goes, that'll do. And he just takes the knife out of Dennis's hand. And Dennis goes, "Uh." Dennis like, I guess this might as well happen. He's like behind him like, what do I do now? And then you hear Amos go, that's not going to work actually. too thin. And he just tosses it to the side. He tosses it. And there's just so many moments like that. I'm not going to describe every single one, but the opening scene does it right away. And it's so great when they're committing this crime. The music is, is you know, fast paced and it's really like it's heist music. Here we go, you know? Her friend gets knocked out. Because the top of the hammer <laughs> pops off and pops him in the head. Pops him in the head. <laughs> He's so out cold. This music is really going. And I feel like this is what's setting the tone. You get the hammer, so you're like, this is going to be kind of funny. Yeah. Music is still going, so you're still kind of tense. But then there's this moment. Music stops. Kylie's dragging her friend. <laughs> And it's this deadpan shot from far away, just watching this poor girl drag her friend. No music. Screen to the other. Literally the whole time, she drags it from one end of the screen to the other, and it is a far away shot. So she's got a ways to go, and they just let it go with no music. She's just like, like she's trying to. It is incredible, and I feel like that scene just set the tone for the whole thing. Oh yeah. Because you know now there's going to be some tense moments, but then this shit's going to happen. Uh huh. And they did a good job. Oh, and I will say the camera angles also are great for mm-hmm. this. I don't know if you've ever seen um, Eagle versus Shark. N- no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a really weird connection. And if people have seen this, I hope they stay with me on this because it might not work. But let's see. Uh, Eagle versus Shark is a movie by Taika, uh, directed by Taika Waititi. Gotcha. And it is a funny movie, but it is, you know, Taika Waititi style is a very like deadpan like. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening. Look at these characters. They're right here. Mm-hmm. This had moments like that. It felt like Eagle versus Shark because you have these two awkward people and they're just doing their thing. But like when the moments are not tense and they're just watching them, it's just silent. They're just doing their weird shit. And it just it felt like that to me. Mm-hmm. So if anybody has seen this movie, it's also in New Zealand. I mean, they're, everyone in it yeah, is yeah. from New Zealand. It's actually got um, Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the main characters, and he's really awkward. He does like nunchucks and has a mullet. Highly recommend this movie. It's incredible. But it reminded me of this movie because it, it was like if you took that movie and added horror, that's what it felt like. Oh, okay. You have these people who are kind of awkward and who are all weird in their own way. And this movie lets you focus on that by just keeping things so simple and the shots are just them. Mm-hmm. You're just going to see them. It's good. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like Miriam's, the way they hold on her face when she's doing that yes. like, anxious smile, like, oh, don't yell at me. <laughs> yes, it's it's great. They let these characters really just be themselves by just being like, look at them. <laughs> I love when movies do that. Look at me. <laughs> the deadpan camera shots have always been my favorite yeah. in movies. And I think it's you can do it and make it super scary like they do in um, Black Coat's Daughter. Mm. A lot of times it was super just like, 
center, this person is center, you're going to see them and that's, you're going to look at them kind of thing. Like portraiture, how we talked about. But this felt like deadpan, but used for comedy, <laughs> where it was just so hard to look away from these people. Like when Amos is in the basement doing his, are there spirits? He's just in the center doing his thing. Like, <laughs> hey, that's amazing. Oh God. I, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you have any specific notes. I have a few specific notes that I'll look at in a minute, but I wanted to hear some of yours. There are just like a few moments. So I'm going through and like every now and then I just pulled out like one thing about technology because uh, they name drop the year in it. They say it's 2013. Oh, okay. And it's this house like in the countryside and they have a corded telephone. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, it's to show how miserable it is to be tethered to your home. And like they have a radio and like the dial up on the computer. And so the way the technology is like dated a decade plus back right is very like intentional and i think it's just like really fucking fun and then you will also have this mix of modern with the haunted like basement so like this basement creepy as shit three quarters right. scale jesus i call him jump scare jesus jump scare jesus jump scare jesus oh no <laughs> and uh just like a bunch of fucking weird knickknacks like stuff that you would never use ever right uh and of course like it's scary as shit because it's a basement. Yeah. And she's like, it's nighttime. She hears something ringing or she hears like this music. And you're like, what the fuck is that? And it's like, hello, Moto. Hello, Moto. And it's like the weirdest ringtone I've heard in a while. Like weirder than the Train to Busan ringtone. Right. And it's like, you're used to hearing creepy music boxes. Right. And like children singing and laughing and like ghostly choirs. And it's like, hello, Moto. Hello, Moto. (laughs) And you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) She's like angry in the basement. So mad. And so you have this like, what the fuck is this? But then it's also scary. And then there is a huge jump scare. Yes. Oh God. And and it's, it like shocks you too because mm-hmm. it's so quiet and then it's just hello Moto and it and it's like it should make you laugh and it kind of does but then you're like Jesus that got me like yep. just like Jesus he got me Jesus got me uh, yeah the technology in this is great and I I love it so much I like in the moment you really get a sense of who her mother is yeah when she's like at the table and she's like oh you got one of those iPhones it's an iPhone hey look at that it's got an iPhone Graham doesn't and she's like it's not an iPhone. You can feel the rage between, like, her mom trying her best to be like, I know we're estranged, so I'll talk about anything to get you to talk. And her being like, shut up. But I think it's great that they established that so fast. Like, right away you hear her mom being too talkative and too, like, she tries too hard, you know? You can tell she's a pushover and all these things. But then at the end, when she's like, go do what you do best, and it's just talk and i'm like yes like you've established this throughout the whole movie and now she's like it's my time to shine and she does she does the way she just like launches into this conversation i'm like oh you're so talented you are amazing and like like you said there's that close-up of her face being nervous and i love it because she's like am i gonna get oh god what's gonna happen and then they cut back like a minute later and she's just like oh and i told her don't you dare do that like yep (laughs) like it didn't even phase her love it oh god so yeah that's a really good note of the technology and then there are just like a few lines that are just like these moments where it's delivered so dryly yes. that i'm just like <laughs> so what was it uh kylie is saying why she's not afraid of ghosts and like right. whatever and amos is like what are you gonna do if eventual ghost tries to attack and she's like i'm just gonna fucking punch it and he <laughs> just like shakes his hand and like secondhand embarrassment he's like you can't punch ectoplasm <laughs> <And it was laughs> just like, <laughs> it's so good. he was just like so 
disappointed and embarrassed for her. They're just like, fool. Their friendship is incredible. Yeah. Because you really see it, like, go from, I hate this, yeah. to, like, I know you well enough now to be like, yes, of course, we are kind of friends. Like, I love how there was no romance. No, not at all. Thank God. One of like, my parts of this film. <laughs> oh, I love it. There's none. No, not and even Eugene. No, it's just pure love of, yeah. like, I Eugene, we'll get to their relationship in a minute because yeah. I love it. But one of, to go off that, one of my favorite lines is like, even in moments of pure terror, you will still be yourself. And I think the best example of this is after her leg is cut up, he, Eugene is, they're in the attic and he gives her this like first aid box and yeah. she goes to reach and he gets all scared. And her mom goes, what do you say? Yeah. And she just goes, what? And she's like, the nice man gave you a box. What do you say? And it's just like, she's like, it was ours. Where do you think you got like, it? Where do you think you got it? <laughs> and, and then right after that, it does become a moment of like kind of sad and kind of yeah. scary. But you still are like, you that mom is going to be the mom. Yeah. Like she knows. She's like, you'd be polite to this person. Yeah. It's like, even in those moments, these characters are who they are. And mm-hmm. like, Josie, or not Josie. God, I don't know why I call her that. Kylie or Miriam? <laughs> Just say Kylie. Well, don't know where I got Josie. You're close in the alphabet. Oh, I was getting there. But Kylie is still such a dick right away. She's like, why, who, what do you think you got the box? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just fun to see. You get so much like character development in that little attic. That little attic is a great moment. Because her mom's like, you antagonize people. You push them away. Yes. Why are you being a dick? And Kylie's like, I'm not a dick. And, and then, then she does it yeah. right to him. Yeah. But then you see the mom do nothing either. Like, this mom is pleading for her. And I'm like, you clearly have no say in her life whatsoever no. and you never really did but then there's that moment of the realization of like mom is right i am doing this like it kind of took it took poor eugene to be like i'm just gonna ignore this y- y'all fight your fight for like a little bit <laughs> oh, but their relationship i love eugene eugene because <sighs> he does come off like at first very scary yeah. he's got a very he's when his nails are quite long nails and are quite he is long. covered in dust and he is wearing rags Yes, and when he pokes his little head out and mm-hmm. you don't see his whole body and you just see, like, his sunken eyes, terrifying. Mm-hmm. But then once you see him, like, with his little headphones on and he's he's so cute and he's so eager to talk to Kylie about, yeah. like, her. Yeah. When she's like, is that me? Like, it looks good. And he's like, I have more. Like, he does it so fast. He's so excited. You can tell he's wanted to talk to her for, yeah. like, her whole life. And they talked and they were little. They established that. Yeah. But obviously she forgot him. And he didn't forget her. And it's just so sweet. And he's describing all the emotions she's feeling and the drawings that he made of her. And you're like, ah, he he's knows like, you so well. It's like, this is when you lied and stole the weird liquor. This is when you drank too much and got sick from the liquor. Mm-hmm. This is when your mom yelled at you for getting sick from drinking the liquor. <laughs> it's like, and it's so, it's like he pays attention so well. And, but there's no romance. It's like, yeah. Cause he was a kid too. Yeah. They talk about that. Cause like when he talks about witnessing that murder, he's like, I was a kid. He's like, what did you want me to do? Yeah. Like. He was scared. He was a kid. He he had just been beaten very severely by right. his pseudo stepfather. Right. And he ran away. And then he like establishes a friendship with someone. He watches her be murdered brutally. Right. And then he's like, they'll take me away or they'll lock me up. Or they'll think I did it. Yeah. He's yeah. like, they'll assume it was me. Yeah. And it's like, oh no. Yeah. So that relationship builds in that one moment. But it's great because they establish that they knew each other when they were young. Yeah. But they make you think that he's this bad guy. But really, they don't. Like, they do a good job of making you assume that because he lives in the walls, this is someone to be, like, scared of. Because yeah. even the way he says his name on the recording, mm-hmm. when he's like, Eugene, you're like, oh, scary. Oh, it's so terrifying. But then when you look back, you're like, he never said anything mean to her. No. Like, he truly just wanted to be your friend. And I love it. 
I just want to scream about this movie. I'm like looking through my notes and like I did not take good notes. This I know time, I didn't so. because I was so excited. Because at one point I was like, I keep notes of like what's happening so I right. can like locate my Same. thoughts based on like what's occurring in the scene. And so this is about Amos. And it's like he breaks in somewhere. Oh, the neighbor's house. He's not very good at finding. Clearly not a Hufflepuff. <laughs> Gotta be a Gryffindor. Gotta be. Like, <laughs> God. And I love uh there's a moment where her mom calls her spoiled when she gets the ankle bracelet on. She's literally wearing like an ankle monitor to keep she's track like of her. Technology. And she's like, oh, you spoiled. You're so spoiled. And I'm like, it's because <laughs> she committed a crime. Yup. Her mom is just incredible. Um, I also did like that they used that radio interview of her mom calling in to mm-hmm. be what establishes the ghost sort of. Yeah. It's not really anything that happens in the house. It is just you hearing the story from her mom. But it was a very creative way. Yeah. Because like it could have been... We've talked about this before, like spoon feeding it to you a little yep. bit, but because it's this interview, she yeah. has to tell you this story. And it still shows that distance between them. Yeah, because, because like the only way she heard that story is because her mom called into right. her radio. She's not listening to her mom. No. Like she's only listening because she didn't know it was her at first. And then she was like, oh, this is my mom. And then there's that confrontation. So it still shows the distance while giving you all the information you need. So cool. Um, then I talked about watching it with headphones. Still recommend if you haven't seen it yet and you want to watch it with headphones. It was it was really good. Um, that's my scariest moment. So we'll get back to there to that. To there. Um, <laughs> um, let me see. Oh, there's a great moment where they're in the basement and they're scared of like a noise that they've heard or something. I believe it's right before Amos is there to like do something, and she covers her mom's mouth to be like, "Don't do this." And then she's like, she asks her something and she answers and she can't hear her because she's like, and she takes her hand off, lets her answer and then puts her hand right back. I wrote that down. (laughs) It is just these tiny moments that are so funny, but they last like a second. Mm -hmm. So it immediately gives you that little reprieve of like, oh, everything's funny again. And then you're like, oh, right. But they're still in the basement. Like, (laughs) it's it's really good. Incredible. The demon voice on the bear, horrifying. Mm. So scary. Like... That freaked me the fuck out. Yes. It was so scary. Um, I will say I'm really proud of these notes. Because again, I watched this before, but I didn't remember anything other than the twist. Didn't know who the murderer was. Didn't know anything. I just knew the twist. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't trust Graham. And then I went, no, 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 never mind. I don't trust Dennis. And I was so proud. (laughs) In my notes, I have, okay, the creepy man appears. Well, he's only creepy because he looks too happy to be there. Yes. And uh, I had forgotten that it was Dennis. Right. I just knew that it was someone with a knife behind someone else. Right. And then, like, at, like, the third session, I was like, it's fucking Dennis. It's Dennis. And I was like, I fucking called it. As soon as he showed up, he was smiling too much. Yeah. And he's trying so hard Mm -hmm. to immediately be like, well, sometimes when we hear ghosts, like it's actually because of this and blah, blah. And I'm like, this man is hiding something. I was like, I don't like this guy. Mm-mm. And I'm ugh, so happy I called that. I do like that they, before they establish Eugene, they do make it seem like it's this ghost trying to make contact. Yeah. And you, sh- it, it shows the compassion that like Kylie can have when he's like, who do you think she wants to talk to? Yeah. Like somebody that also was there as a kid, blah, blah, blah. And the deep well of compassion that Amos does have. Yes. Because what? he's the one that's like, how would you fucking feel if you were stabbed yeah. with a meat fork 47 times? Exactly. Like, it shows that he has this compassion, and it shows it rubbing off on her. Mm-hmm. Even though the situation is not at all what they think it is, they use this, like, assumed paranormal thing to show you that Kylie has some kind of emotion, and she mm-hmm. wants to help. 
And then once she figures it out that it's Eugene, she still gets to show that compassion. It's mm-hmm. great. Like, even though they're wrong, it, it doesn't destroy any character development that they had mm-hmm. before that. Super cool. Um, I said I hate the demon voice. I like the deadpan shots. Um, and then I talked about the sound design. I think I've covered most of my... Um, no, it's the one thing I did love was watching Amos run around the house that they had broken into, and he's so clumsy. <laughs> it's not really anything specific. I, I just thought it was really funny. He first, he, on everything, everything. First, he hits the thing with his leg, and he's like, Oh, and then he goes, Ow, my elbow. And like, yo, yo, yo. <laughs> it's and it's just, like, How do you even hit your elbow? <laughs> exactly. It's just these little moments that show you that, like, man, this man is not cut out for crime. <laughs> and I love it. Oh, my God. And then I just wrote, absolutely wild that there's just a man living in the walls. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, and I said, I'm still not convinced that he's evil. And I was right. So, mm-hmm. um, and then this part drove me nuts, but was accurate, of course. She runs into the police station yeah. and she's like, help, please, you know, all these things. She's saying all of these things. And they're like, okay, we're just going to go ahead and call your parole officer. Yep. And then Amos runs in and goes, no, no, no. Like, she's telling the truth. And yep. they just go, oh, okay. Yeah. It, I was like, yep. of course. I, I know that it's true, but God, did it make me mad. Yep. Oh, that was so annoying. Even with all that frustration, there were at least two huge laughs in that scene where, first of all, she goes in and she's like, I know you're going to think I'm crazy. And she starts listing off. And she gets like a minute into her story and says, yeah. hold on, hold on. You were vacuuming. Yes. <laughs> He's like, okay. <laughs> like the slowest typing of all time. And then... Uh, <laughs> When he's like, I'm just going to call your parole officer. And right. then Amos bursts in and he's like, she's right, person in the walls. <laughs> and it's just like, absolutely. <laughs> no, 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 she's right. Like, he's yeah. so like, can you believe it? And they're just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I And then, of course, the laundry basket. And she just, I said, I wrote, thwarted by the laundry basket. <laughs> I, there's One of the things I love so much is that it, feels very realistic until it becomes very absurd yes but it's like one of those things when you watch a ton of horror movies and you're like just grab anything just grab anything Anything. and swing and the mom does that she grabs anything she puts a laundry basket over his arms and he's like trying to swing his arms through it he's like stumbling and he's like cutting through it with his knife it's so good and it's one of those things that it's like yeah use anything you've got yeah xylophone's a shield yeah cheese grater's a weapon exactly (laughs) i'm like if you're in your house you pick up what you got yeah you're not gonna think about like is this actually a good weapon it doesn't matter. She picks up you can this reach it. like wooden piece of art. Yes. And the mom's like, that's like legitimate Cameroon. And she's like, then it won't break. Then it won't break. <laughs> and she's just smacking Amos. In. <laughs> that was great. Break. I love it. She's like, it won't break. <laughs> like, I mean, fair. Oh, God. Oh, it was so good. Okay, let's see. Is it where by the laundry basket? I will say the only moment that like <laughs> grossed me out, because like blood doesn't bother me really. Mm-hmm. But watching them try to pull the corkscrew oh, out of the cop. So yeah. one of the cops gets stabbed like a corkscrew in the back yeah. of his like neck. Yeah. And they're trying to pull it out. And it's this mix of comedy and absolute just disgusting horror when they're pulling it. And his head is just shaking up and down. He's and you're ragdoll. like, oh, God. Yeah. He's like ragdolling around. And they're just like, we got to get it. And I'm like, you have to twist it. <laughs> you know, in my head, I was like, don't you dare twist it. It's like so gross. But that's incredible because <laughs> it was funny, oh. but it grossed me out. Yeah. Oh my god. I think the cheese grater grossed me out the most. Oh, the cheese grater was bad. She grates his face. For anyone that hasn't seen the movie, oh, like god. he's on the ground. She has this cheese grater that I thought was just gonna be a shield, but then she's like, okay, no. and she goes to town oh, on god. his face. Yeah. Oh god, that grossed me out so bad. Um, that's actually all of my 
specific notes yeah. besides a head always has to explode, doesn't it? There's always a head explosion. See, it wasn't squashed. It exploded this time. Oh, so I was like, eh? There's eh? always something with a head, man. Like, I was watching it, and I was like, no head squash, no nothing. And then <laughs> at the end, and I was like, ew. Yo. I do love that he knows. He's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And it's the, <laughs> and just, oh, fuck. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely incredible. I oh, God. do have a qualm. Oh, of with course. The film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's language that's used. Mm-hmm. And I think that the intent behind at least one of them was to point out, like, look at this casual race and how fucked up it is. Mm-hmm. Like, she talks shit about, like, Maori people, where she's like, oh, oh she yeah. was so well spoken. That actress is half Maori. <laughs> really? Uh, that's what I read somewhere. I didn't, oh, okay. like, double check all the sources, but that can be, like, a moment where. She's calling attention to racism right. against Maori people in New Zealand. Okay. But also it was, she says something about, I think, Chinese women later. Yes. And I'm yeah. like, mm. Yeah, there's some like small casual moments. And you're then, like, then Kylie uses the R word. Yep. And I was like, oh, I hate that. Hated it. I really it. hate that. Yeah. And that's like one of those things where it's like, you can make a point that she's a shithead without you using don't a slur. You don't have to do that. Because like we talked about this in other movies yeah. too, where it was like, uh, I think it was Jennifer's body. Yeah. Whereas, like, you can easily make her look like a bitch to yeah. everybody around her without doing that. Yeah. Um, and it felt like one of those moments yeah. where it was like, guys, yeah. you eat, like, we already had, this is also near the end of the movie. Like, and she we, doesn't need to. No, we had her character development. We we talked about it. We yeah. loved it. That moment is amazing in the attic. And then she says that and you're like, Kylie. And yep. ugh, like, yep. that writing just didn't have to be there. Yeah. So those are my, like, qualms. Same. <laughs> I mean, those are my same qualms. Yeah. And I was like, Holy. but It would be so easy to take out. Yes. And oh, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't change wouldn't the characterization change a of the mom. Thing. It wouldn't change the characterization nope. of Kylie. Like, if I could have an edit of this movie, I, I would, would take, take out precisely two minutes, and it would be those three moments. Yep, that's it. Because other than that, this movie's great. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, talked about it before. Every every great movie still has its moment, oh, yeah. like, things. So that's life. Um, are you ready for scariest moment? Yes. I have mine. Okay. I don't know. You talked about yours a little bit. Like, I think I know what it is. So at first I thought it was going to be the lights off scare where like yeah. the lights turn on for a split second yeah. and you see Eugene in the bed sheet behind him and so the lights scary. go off and he like screams. Yeah. That's one of them. But when I'm actually thinking of what actually got me, it's jump scare Jesus. Really? Because like you see something in the basement and yeah. it's like this outline and then she turns around and it's not there. And she's looking, and then you see this thing rising up behind her oh, and falling. Oh, God. And it's three-quarter scale Jesus. <laughs> it scared and he's me like, ah! <laughs> or when her ankle's grabbed by Eugene. Yeah. But I think it has to be the Jesus, Jesus one. Yeah, it has to be jump scare Jesus. Well, that works out, because yeah. mine's the ankle. Nice. Um, it, anytime someone grabs a foot, it always gets me. Yeah. Just because <laughs> it's just that moment of, like, when, like, if someone grabs your arm, like, I don't know. I feel like it's higher up. Your yeah. eyes are going to see it sooner, so, like, you can kind of yeah. fight them off. When they grab your feet, that's how you run. Like, (laughs) I don't like that. And of course, it's these nails. So Mm. another great thing they did is he is covered in dust. He does have long nails. So it does make it seem like it's going to be something paranormal. Because it's like ghostly white or gray. But it's just dust. And also it's because he lives in the walls. He doesn't cut his nails. Yeah. So it's funny once you know. But when you don't know, you're like, that hand is terrifying. It comes out. It grabs her ankle. And now, of course, you know that he's not grabbing it out of any kind of malice. He's just like, hey, look, like, pay attention. But fuck, is it scary. And, of course, she's like, fuck. Like, (laughs) she freaks out. And that part really got me. Yeah. 
it's a cliche moment. There's mm-hmm. so many of those in so many horror films, mm-hmm. but for some reason with the nails and how long they show the hand mm-hmm. staying on her leg, I hated it. Ankle grabs always get me. Ankle grabs. Because, it, you know, that's how you run. But also, I am so ticklish on my ankles. <gasps> no! Like, I can't. You'd be screwed. No, like, my Sid kid will be, like, playing on my leg. I'm like, move, move, I'm going to kick you. <laughs> it's like, I don't want <laughs> to kick a child. But I don't I'm want I might. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. People, yeah. every time someone tickles me, I'm like, this is on you. I'm if not you get responsible hit. for what happens. It's not. I just like, flail. I flail. Yeah. I punch. I'll do whatever I have to, have to do. Yeah. Like, I used listen. to scratch. Oh, yeah. yeah. I used to bite. Now I just punch. Yeah. I'm like, don't <laughs> come at me. You're going to get hit. Yeah. This is just a warning. Like, if you think it's funny to tickle me, I hope you think it's funny to get hit. Like, listen, I'm laughing, but it's a tr- <laughs> it's like a response yeah. that I don't it's, like. It's panic for me. It's panic. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> like... <laughs> You're getting hit. A lot of my friends in undergrad would do that, and I hated it. And they were like, oh, you freak out. It's so funny. I was like, don't touch me. You're going to get hit, I did hit them. Like, you know, sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's cheeky. But also, just be ready. That's all. I just want to make sure people are ready Mm -hmm. for the fact that I might hit you. Yeah. Oh, But that's my scariest moment. Because it it always gets me. An ankle grab is scary. (laughs) Yes. Are you ready for truth? I'm so excited. Yes. Ankle grab is a trope. I assumed. I was like, it's got to be. Yeah. So I divided them into like one is a category of all the tropes that set up this haunted house expectation. And then I have two others that I Mm -hmm. wanted to talk about. Uh, So the first one is like what you get for like a paranormal story. You have Agent Mulder and Agent Scully. You have to have the skeptic and the paranormal expert. And you have Amos and Kylie. Yeah. And then also the mom, she kind of fits in there. She's, but she's trying. She's really not much of a molder. <laughs> no. She's just like a paranormal she's Peggy. She's like a I don't mix know. between both. A paranormal Peggy, <laughs> yes. <laughs> As everyone knows. As everyone knows. Uh, you have a bedsheet ghost. Yeah. Classic. You have a creepy basement. Oh, You have a creepy doll times like five. Yeah. several creepy dolls. Like there's the one in the box where it's legs. Oh, I love that chin. one. God damn. It's pointless and so scary. Yep. I was like... Gratuitous dolls. Got it. Love it. <laughs> then you have the haunted house, which is ultimately subverted because right. it's not haunted. Nope. And then you have the two that are really common in like paranormal killer. Mm-hmm. So when you get into like the slashers where there is like that paranormal aspect. Yeah. No one could survive that and not quite dead. Right. Where you think like it's um one of the killers in uh, Scream. Right. Where you think he's got to be dead. And then he For like lunges sure. up and then he, yep. Yep. Uh, and no one could survive that. Like when Michael falls from falls the from store. The, like and he's the, gone. <laughs> yeah. And then he just fucking disappears. And in this one, the same thing happens. Like Dennis yeah. falls from the roof onto the patio. That part's so good. And, and then, then he's just there. Yeah. And they're like, okay, cool. He's dead. And then they're like in the kitchen. Like how do we call this? Like what do we even, like where do we even that start? That part's great. And then he just clocks oh god he gets Kylie in the head that part is great because it happens so fast they don't give you a moment to be like oh he's dead he's just like oh he's calling the boom gone because you started this really (laughs) funny like mother-daughter bickering and then just boom she gets bonked she gets bonked real good and so you have the combination of those right so those are like it's very genre savvy yeah similarly you get that same moment with two people in that same exact scene because you also have eugene with his little hand being like wake up like he's He's alive tippy taps yeah and then he hands her the fork a little little fork which i assume has to be the murder weapon yeah i would hope i was like that'd be cool if it was it's either the weapon or a callback to it where it's like how funny that you murder well not funny uh how right in terms of justice fitting thank you i was like right in terms of justice (laughs) now Uh, and then this is one that I couldn't remember all of the movie when I watched it. So I was very anxious going into it because I was like, there's the trope insane equals violent. 
And mm. I don't like the word insane. Like it's a thing right. that I've been trying to like purge from my vocabulary. Yeah. But in this one, it's more of a discredited trope. Okay. Um, because it is on its way out. Yeah. Because we're realizing that ableism fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. And so in this, it's, I spent so long trying to figure out if it was deconstructed or inverted and it might be a little bit of both. Hmm. So like a deconstructed trope is where it plays it entirely straight to point out the problematic elements of the trope. Right. And so I don't think it's played straight here because it ends up Eugene is the hero. Right. Not the killer. And it's inverted in that way. Right. Like you think that the person living in the walls is going to be the person that is scaring you on purpose and going to kill you. But no, he's actually the one that's going to save you. Right. And so it is inverted. But I also think that deconstructs it or like that in itself points out like how fucked up it is to say that folks with like mental illness or that are neurodivergent, all of those different things, like, yeah. that they are inherently violent. And that's a trope that I always hate. Yeah. Like I hate the trope where it's like, oh, the killer has a mental illness. That's like, why. Okay. It makes me mad. Great. Yeah. So I liked in this that they inverted it. Right. They were like, no, no, no. <laughs> like not at all. No. He actually, I don't think he hurts like one person and it's Dennis who is yeah. a fucking murderer. Yeah. So And he yeah. just stabs him through the and hand. They, yeah, and they literally say that, too. Yeah. They're like, oh, he's never hurt anybody. The yeah. only person he hurt was Dennis. And yeah. it's like, because Dennis is a murderer. Yeah. So, yeah. And then this is one of my favorite tropes I've seen in a while. I'm excited. Worst aid. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the exact opposite of good first aid yes. practices. So one of the first things they tell you about stab wounds is keep the object in place. Because it's right. helping to staunch the blood flow. When she shoves those shears into Graham's chest... She pulls them out, and yep. then it's this like comic, dramatic it's so spurt of much blood. blood, and it's kind of milky too. Like it's, it's it's not the right color. It's not right. But you see her like Graham is out of the frame now, and you just see the shears, and she's like shit, shit, and she pulls them out. And it's like why? Why'd you pull them out? Why'd you pull them out? And so that's worst aid. And then it's just. <laughs> <laughs> Does Graham survive? Do they yes. say he's in the hospital? Right. Uh, yeah, he's in the hospital, but then in the last scene, mm-hmm. you get like this really quick little vignette to show oh, everyone survived. Oh, and he's there, right? Yeah. Okay, good. I couldn't, like, I knew he was in the hospital, I assumed. I was like, because like her mom was yeah. visiting or something. So I was like, okay, I think he's okay. He was fine, yeah. Good. I love that moment when the phone or whatever doesn't work. And she's like, Eugene! Because <laughs> then it shows that Eugene has survived yeah. and you're very like, yay. Yeah. It was just a cute way of like... Tying it up with a bow, yes. like everyone that you liked lived. Yes, exactly. Without having to be like, okay, let's hear from everyone. It was just yeah. like, they're here. You and see it, it. Like puts Eugene in it without him being out of character yeah. and like among people in the daylight. Right. Because he wouldn't do he that. He wouldn't do that. And so it like maintains the like character development. So I good. I love it. So good. Those are my tropes. Those are good tropes. Thank y'all. I just, ugh, I dig this movie so much. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I... It's you can always tell when we have a movie that we really like because it's it the episode is shorter. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we're always like it's good. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and everything's so concise because I know exactly what I like about yeah. it. Yeah. And this one was great. I think doing this after our last movie <laughs> is great because I think this is such a good example of yeah. being able to do character development in short moments. Yeah. And not having a movie be 3 hours long. We got a sense of who every single person was in these tiny moments, yeah. just like we did in Train to Busan, that the movie Salem's Lot last mm-hmm. time didn't do. And I was like watching this and I was like, see, it can be done. They're so good. I, I loved all of these characters in different ways. Even if I hated them, yeah. I hated them for good reason. Yeah. They established it so well. It was great. Yeah. So I'm excited to rate this movie. And yeah. I already know what I want. 
What scale? Jump scare Jesus. Yes. You said it earlier, and I was like, well, go ahead and write it's that down. Jump scare Jesus. Jump scare Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you said it, and I was like, yes, we do, yeah. we do not need to discuss. Oh, God. And I already know exactly what I want to give it. Same. So are you ready? Yeah. Go. Five. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... I'm changing it to five. Okay. <laughs> I was going to give it four and a half for my qualms, but yeah. then I was like, we've had movies that have had way, way worse and horrible qualms. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, that one, especially about the Maori woman, yeah. like, that is something that can be justified. We don't know for sure. Yeah. But if yes. it's like an intentional thing because right. the actress herself. Hard to say. Yeah. But still, it had those qualms. Yeah. So, you know, but we've had movies that are egregiously worse. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. Um... And this one's so good. Yeah. The sound design, it was incredible. The deadpan angles are so funny, but still so scary. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, everything we already talked about. Yeah. Those are my reasons. It, it's good. Yeah. I gave it five jump scare Jesuses. Jump scare Jesus, yeah. Jump scares Jesus. Jump scares Jesus. <laughs> five jump scares Jesus. It's like attorney's general. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, because... Like, I've seen it three times now, and I enjoy the shit out of it every time. It's like, the jump, scares still, ooh, the jump scares still get me. Yes. <laughs> and I still laugh out loud. Like, I had to pause it because I was yes. laughing, and then I had to take it back because I wanted to see it again. I fully laughed. And it just, it, it, I enjoy this movie so much, and yeah. I feel like there's so much to pick out. And, like, I listen to it just, like, on my computer sound. Right. I didn't have headphones on, and now I want to watch it again with yeah, headphones. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Because, like, it's so good. Um... Yeah, the sound design in this was great. I feel like I talk about sound design in some a lot. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. But this one, it was important mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And it was just so cool. I think it's, we talk about silence being used a lot. But in this one, it was weird. It wasn't necessarily silence. It yeah. was just like ambiance being taken out. Yeah. So it's like they have the music for ambiance, but then they take it out to be like, this part is not part of that. Yeah. Like, this is them living their actual lives mm-hmm. and look how funny it is. Now we go back to the ambiance. Yep. Yep. It's great. They knew exactly when to do it and oh, nailed it. Chef's kiss. <laughs> I think this was this director's first feature film. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And as I, recall. I feel, I only read this in one place, but like he filmed it in like, he would have an idea for their scene and they'd film that. And then he'd have an idea for a scene and then they'd film that. And that's it was kind great. of together. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then after he like seeing the movies that he was like kind of inspired by, I was like, I get it. Especially the ghost hunters. I was like, yeah. that's so funny because it had those moments of like mm-hmm. cheesy. We're looking for a ghost. And then it doesn't even end up to be a ghost. Yep. And can't punch ectoplasm. <laughs> you can't. You can't punch ectoplasm. <laughs> but yeah, that's oh, my rating. So that's 10 jump scares that Jesus. That is a perfect 10 jump scares Jesus. Yeah. Or if you want a jump scares Jesuses. Yeah. I don't know. But it's one of those. It's one of those. Yes. So that wraps up our discussion of Housebound. This is a quick one, but yeah. New Zealand classic. A New Zealand classic. And we got to learn all about New Zealand. Everything about it. You just mean like New Zealand? (laughs) Absolutely incredible. God. It came down close. I was like, is it going to have to be about New Zealand? Am I going to have to do this? Do I have to do this? Oh, God. If you enjoyed your time with us, we'd really appreciate if you'd rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find us. It helps mm-hmm. us get into the charts. Uh, up there. Up there. Uh, you can also, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I was like, like and subscribe. No, that's YouTube. You can rate and review on other platforms yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah, so all of them have it. It's just that yeah. Apple Podcasts yeah. is the one that, like, for some reason matters the most. Yeah. Like, we'll, like, help people find us. Yeah. But, you know, we appreciate anything. Yeah. 
I do, do, do. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Just Cool With It. And every week we'll post the movie for the week. Mm-hmm. Usually on Wednesdays, except when I forget and post it on Thursdays. We'll post it though. We'll post it. <laughs> uh, then you can check out our extended show notes on our website, JustCoolWithItPod.com. And that is almost entirely up to date. I'm yeah. all, I only have like three more left to add. Nice. Uh, you could also take a look at our Patreon at Patreon.com slash JustCoolWithIt. And we'd like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons. Yay. Kim, Kelly, Nihar, Will, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, Kayla, Meg, Katie, Morgan, Brady, Kenny, Janice, and Brian. Woo! Oh, new one! Woo! So exciting. Yeah, uh, Love our patrons. We yeah. just finished our horror stream last oh. weekend. Ow. We're so excited. Nick We're doing playing Outlast. Because we did uh, Until Dawn yeah. before with Kate playing. <laughs> now it's my turn. Yeah. I'm <laughs> it's I'm not as like scared of games, but I am stupid. And that's where we have a good time because I will just run and <laughs> do my best. And it worked out for you. It, it really worked out it for you like have. 80% of the time. It really did. So join the Patreon. You yeah. can watch us play horror games. We also do simul watches. Yeah. We watched, watched movies. Uh, no one gets out alive. Yeah, that one was wild. Oh boy! <laughs> we also watched Snakes on a Plane. I still really enjoyed that, <laughs> that one. That was a really good one. Sometimes we watch movies that end up being so horrible, we love it. Yeah. And sometimes we watch movies that we expect to be horrible, yes. and they're just really good. Yeah. Like Snakes on a Plane was really good. It was really good. So yeah, Patreon's great, and we just yeah. post really funny stuff. Yeah. So the intro and outro music was created by Anthony Rockazella. The cover art <laughs> inspired very old Nikki Salomon. That's me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That one was aggressive. <laughs> My partner. <That's> me. <laughs> My partner. <laughs> oh, come on, guys. I forgot about I'm that. Looking for a partner so I can say it. My partner. If somebody dates me and lets me call them a partner, I'll buy a hat and do it for real. I'm just saying. I'll sign it off with my partner. partner? Look what you're missing out on. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> Put that at the top of your dating profile. Just do it, my partner. (laughs) I need to end it here. I can't keep asking for days. Fucker. <laughs> <laughs>